All right, I am back to do a, a combination of a part two from my last episode of Learning Your Limits with Alcohol. Um, if you have not listened to it, I one highly recommend. Uh, maybe you are listening and this subject doesn't really interest you, and that's okay too. But after I posted that last episode and I shared it on my socials, I had massive feedback beautiful conversations with so many amazing people about the topic. So it spiked my interest to open up um, some questions to the public and my um, audience to ask me so that I could come back on another episode meeting now and answer these questions. And I was overwhelmed with the questions like in the best way possible that I was receiving. I think I received over 40 questions and a lot of them, um, a lot did like, um, were duplicates or overlapped other questions. So I sat with it over the weekend and I wrote down all the questions that I chose to answer today that, um, were just big questions that I think should be answered and have others listen in on and hear and hear my answers. So these answers are coming right from my heart and mind as I read them to you. And I hope this episode serves you. And I hope that you're able to get something out of it or share it with a loved one or someone that you know, that maybe is going through, um, this, relationship with alcohol or a hard season, or they're just trying to limit or learn how to limit or be able to cut back and some tips and tricks to help along the way. So here we go. Um, number one, what were your alcohol triggers before and how did you deal with them? So I would say that some of my triggers to want to drink alcohol were if I was stressed out, um, overwhelmed, thought I had a hard day, um, thought I deserved a drink because of all that I did in the day. Um, if there was something heavy on my heart, it was a big one or my mind where that's when I would talk about where like the alcohol became like a numbing coping mechanism for me to like numb the pain or to, um, like put a bandaid on the problem, right? Just to, and I spoke about this last episode, just to find out that those problems were still there the next day. And then in fact, worse, right? Because they affected me mentally, emotionally, and physically, and then everything was heightened and nothing was resolved. Um, so those were some of my big triggers for sure. Uh, and sometimes celebration too. Like sometimes it, it wasn't always a negative trigger. Sometimes it was a positive, but it was still knowing my limits where if I was celebrating something, I still thought I should be drinking X amount of alcohol when really, when I took the time to learn, it's not the case. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in some of the answers today, just from my past weekend experience, um, because it's really, really powerful. So, and how do I deal with them now? So, um, what I have done is basically replace those things with positive, um, outlets or coping mechanisms. So when I do find myself stressed out or overwhelmed or, um, feeling like I need that drink for fill in the blank reason, 
or again, if it's a celebration, um, or a positive thing, it's, it was just replacing that with something positive, whether it is going for a walk or making a nice tea and treating myself to something that I know I will feel good with. Um, journaling, like again, last episode, I talked a lot about how I journaled my journey with this topic and it has been so helpful. Um, so replacing the alcohol just with something else, because again, that outlet and coping mechanism of alcohol was just a built routine habit. So it was just strongly replacing them with something different. Um, next question. Was your family supportive when you decided to change your habits? 100% yes. Um, family as in my, I actually know who submitted this question and I talked to her personally about it because um, she's in my family circle. And I, I asked her specifically, like to find family, right? Because it's like, is it my family who I live with? Is it my family, family, like my extended family, immediate family? Um, so we talked about that for a bit. So um, my husband is uh, supportive on everything and anything I do. And um, definitely when it comes to something like this, he is number one supportive. Um, he has his own story and journey, journey with alcohol and has many friends, um, that has experienced similar, um, journeys as well. So without a doubt, he was supportive. Uh, so that covered him. Um, my family, like my parents and my family, like immediate family, super supportive. Um, again, like if my dad was someone who, uh, struggled with alcohol for many, many years. Um, and it's been so beautiful to watch how he has changed and what things that he has done differently. Um, super, super proud of him, um, because he had a rough, long journey with alcohol and I won't tell too much information just to keep his own story private to him, but, um, he was super supportive on it. Really cool to share that with him now. Um, my mom has never drank. And so she was always super supportive. Uh, and my siblings are just supportive and, um, many of them too have their own journey as well. So, uh, super supportive family. I'm in friends in circle. So I'm super, super fortunate that way. It is very important to have that good support system. Oh, and my in-laws, like my husband's family are also very supportive, um, in anything that I do as well. And, um, but it is so important to have that support system. And again, that's why I said, if you don't have it, you either have to find it or create it on your own because it is essential. You can't change a bad habit with a poor support system. You, you can, and it will be on your own, but I'm telling you, it will be a lot harder and when you have those people by your side cheering you on and supporting you and checking in with you, it is a game changer. Next question. How do you deal with cravings for alcohol when trying to set limits? Um, so how do I deal with my cravings for alcohol when trying to set the limits? Um, I, it's a preparation thing for me. So what I've learned in this last little bit of my own journey with it is 
um, when I feel the craving coming on, I like, I always will have like in stock of things that I know I want to go to. Um, and if I'm craving or wanting to have a alcoholic beverage, um, then I will allow myself to, and then I always will just switch to something afterwards with that preparation in mind. Um, so here's a perfect example, actually this past weekend, like on Friday marked like three weeks that I haven't had any, 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 any alcohol at all. But on and on that day, we were celebrating my sister's 40th birthday with family. I went in with the intention of like, I remember we were driving to my sister's and I was like, I was telling my husband, I was like, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't have a feeling or sensation. Like if I want to have a drink or if I don't want to have a drink, like I think it will literally just be a in the moment and knowing my family would be super supportive anyways. So when I was offered a, um, a glass of wine, knowing that whatever I said was fine, I was like, yeah, I'll have one. Like it's my sister's 40th. Like we're together as a family. We're gonna have a really nice dinner. I'm going to sip on a glass throughout dinner and dessert and while we hang out and just see how I feel. So I did want a glass of wine. Um, and, but I had to go in with that intention. So once I had that glass of wine and I just sipped on it, opposed to like guzzling it down, like I've done before in the past, because I do enjoy the taste and, um, the feeling of having a glass of wine, I had it over the d- course of dinner and dessert, which was probably like, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes. And I felt fine. And so I like, Again, it was like that pep talk I had to myself in my head, like do it. I'm like, I could have more and be fine, but I was like, let's just have a glass of water for now and then just see how I felt. And having that glass of water, I just felt good. And again, it was really just really analyzing and checking in how I feel and want to feel, right? Talked a lot about that last episode as well. So I had a glass of water and everyone that was still drinking, we were drinking and it was fine and didn't bother me. And then we continued. And then I just like, didn't really care to have any more alcohol. I was good. I was content. I was satisfied. You name it. So I set my intention for it. I, I allowed myself a glass of water guilt, a glass of wine guilt free. Um, and I just set my limit to it. And then I had water and I was good. And then we left and I felt good. So that was, a good example of it. And then I made sure. Um, so when we came home, I made a tea I, we went to bed, I woke up and I felt so good. So then what did I do? I had to go over journal about it. I had to reflect on the choices I made, how I feel, how I was feeling and also celebrate it that. So I really, this past weekend was a really big test for me with learning the limits because I actually removed alcohol completely and it just continued like just by, by choice. I didn't say like, I'm not drinking for three weeks because I've done, I've tried that before and I find that doesn't work. So I just like was doing day by day and it just so happened to be, I didn't drink for three weeks. So this past weekend was celebrating my sister, had that glass on Saturday. I had um, two glasses with a friend over the spam of like four hours. So like 
was fine and great. And we had snacks and food and I had water. And when she left, I had a tea and I chugged water and did my own evening and went to bed and same thing. So then I really had to tell myself, okay, with, I had a glass Friday, I had two glasses Saturday. I really, really, really recognized that I couldn't continue. Like I didn't want to have anything Sunday and I didn't need to. And I had to get back into my good habits that I have built in my teas. And I'm going to go into some options because it's a big question that came up a lot on like, what, what do you drink? Um, and journaling about it. So, and celebrating what I did and how I felt and all the things. Next question. Did you, uh, do you find that alcohol is heavily marketed towards mummies? How do you see through the marketing on this. And oh my gosh, a good friend of mine submitted this question. And as soon as she did, I was like, oh, it's going to be a big one on the podcast. Um, do I find that alcohol is heavily marketed towards mummies? 100%. Whether you believe it or not, this is my own personal opinion. And I'm going to speak about it. But 1000%, I think that alcohol is heavily marketed towards mummies. Um, and how do we see through that marketing? Okay. So first of all, why do I think that I'm going to add my own question? Why do I think that, um, alcohol is heavily toward marketed towards mummies? Because there is like, if you know, you know, right? Like one, if you're a mom and two, if you are on social media, you just know that it is like, Oh, like, you know, it's like the, metaphor or analogy or saying phrase that is like, um, mummy wine or mummy juice. And like guilty. I used to do it all the time too. I have clothes in my closet that are like, are all about like, um, like about wine or, and you know, I feel like I want to get rid of them because like, they don't call to me anymore because like, um, like it's just that marketing of like attracting and and connecting alcohol and wine and mummying to being like, you deserve it. Or here, have a glass because you had a hard day or your kids screamed at you all day. So yeah, go drink yourself till you pass out. And I'm saying those because I've done it. And I know how freaking hard it is to be a mom and how easy it is to turn to alcohol at the end of the night and be like, whew, that was a hard day and I need some wine. I have, I am like, and this is my full transparency and honesty so that you really get the point across is that I'm saying this out of full experience and like, I'm not, I don't want to sit here and be like, I'm ashamed of it because I don't like shaming myself because again, shaming yourself also does you no good. It's reflecting on what maybe you used to do and how you would like to change things. And this is my example. I did used to do that or, you know, the kids are driving you crazy or whatever. And then you turn to it, but you see it all over the internet, right? Like the, the whole culture of like drinking and mummying and, um, and like whatnot, like, I'm just simply going to say, like, if you know, you know, and if you don't and you disagree, that's fine. Like, we don't have to agree on this topic. Again, I submitted these questions so that I can share how I feel about it. So how do you see through the marketing? Um, again, I just think it just comes down to that, like being, um, like being able just to say like, no, that doesn't work for me. Or like, no, it doesn't have to be like that. Or like, there are so many other things that we can turn to instead of just drinking because we think that we 
deserve it or that we need it. It's different if you would like to have a glass of wine at the, at the end of a long day, but also know your limits for it, right? There's nothing problem. That, there's a question later on, like um, moderation and thoughts. So I'm going to touch on that with this question is exactly that. If you want to have a glass of wine because you had a long day or you had a, something to celebrate or you, you were at your wits end and you want that, go for it for sure. This is where moderation comes in through though, is then it's like, okay, but then what are your limits on it? Or like, how much are you drinking? Cause there's a big difference from like having a glass because you choose to, and you want to versus having the whole bottle. Right. And again, speaking from experience or from conversations I've had with other people is that that's what it led to. And then that's a driving force that is a problem or start, is develops into a problem. Sorry, thirsty. All this wine talk. <laughs> um, it's just water though. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that question goes really nice with the whole moderation and what the thought is. It's just like, it's fine. And I'm going to repeat it over and over again. It's fine to still choose to want to have a drink here and there, um, but it is just in moderation or learning your limits on it because there's a big difference. And it kind of goes like you can do both and still enjoy both. It's kind of like eating, right? It's like you can follow a very healthy, nutritionist, balanced, um, like, food regime and I don't want to say diet because I don't like that word, um, like nutrition program that you may follow, but still have cake and cookies the odd time. It's the same with alcohol. It's I'm just here to spread the awareness with the limits and moderation. So we're going to use those two words. Um, so yeah, how do you see through the marketing? It's just like, I guess you just have to see through it. I think you have to see past it because unfortunately that social media and marketing will do that for X, Y, and Z reasons so that they can sell their product, right? Just like anything. And alcohol is a big one. And I just think that alcohol gets linked to parenting so much. And it shouldn't have to, because when you think about it, and again, like you can, but if you think about it, is that, you, I guess the big question you have to ask yourself if you're listening right now and you are a mom or a parent, is that if you are consuming alcohol based on your children's behaviors or doings or your day or fill in the blank, it, it's, you have to ask yourself, well, what's that doing to them though? What's it doing to you? What's it doing to your, your, your sleep that night? What's it doing to your next day with your kids? What's it doing with their, your irritability towards them? Those are big questions you have to ask because I know those questions based on like that was one of the big reasons why I knew I had to cut back and watch my intake and learn what my body, mind, and everything could handle or want to handle moving forward because it was starting to affect things like that. I was more irritated. I was more moody. I was, so I saw and recognized that it was affecting my relationships with some people around me. So I was like, I don't want that. So you have to ask yourself if you want to see through that marketing pieces, like what is it actually doing to the people around you? Don't do it just because everybody else is doing it type of thing or because you think that us parents and moms need wine to survive or need your choice of alcohol to survive. 
because that just might not be the right answer or reason that you want to actually do it to it for the people that you actually love most, including yourself. So touchy subject a little bit, I think. And I also know from experience on that. So um, I hope that one covered that answer. I kind of went on a tangent on that, which I often do. Next question. Are you thinking overall health or specific like cancer or long-term health? Um, I would say a little bit of both, but I would say it'd be more, uh, it was more so thinking overall health because, uh, if you don't know already, like there's been research and science and discussions and proof of how alcohol actually can be linked to cancer and long-term health. Um, again, your opinion, um, versus mine does not have to be a debate right now, but it is coming out. They are actually putting labels on some alcohol, um, with warning signs. Uh, that it could be causing cancer. So that one is definitely on my radar um, for sure. But it was definitely overall health. And another reason why I wanted to make a part two episode and then I added these questions was because after I recorded last week's episode on this subject in topic, I thought, oh gosh, I wish I said this, or I wish I said that, or I wish I touched on that. So one of the things I wish I had touched on, which kind of goes into this is by overall health, um, is that how it was affecting and changing me in some situations, emotionally, mentally, and physically. Um, I know I talked a little bit like about my, about my sleep and how it was affecting my sleep and how much I enjoy um, going to bed now because I feel so good and waking up the next day. But I want to touch on like, yes, yeah, so overall health. Yeah. And I've already noted it a bit throughout this episode is that it was affecting me emotionally um, last week as well. Talked about my anxiety and mentally. So how I was showing up, my thoughts that were going through my head, how and like how I was irritable, how it was affecting people around me. So it was overall health. I noticed that it was affecting multiple areas of my life um, and and in my relationships. So definitely my overall health. Um, This actually ties into another question that I will also cross off here is um, how did you recognize that it was impacting you and not something else? So it was simply recognizing that there was a common thread or common pattern and denominator of problem of it that I felt what was the alcohol that was affecting X, Y, and Z of all my overall health and well-being. Um, and just how I was showing up in my workouts and my results and like how I was eating and how I would like eat fine during the day. But if I started drinking later, I would get snacky or want food or get munchies and right. And so I was like like it was canceling each other out. And then I was getting frustrated. It was like this vicious, toxic cycle that I was in. So once I recognize that I think it's the alcohol that's the problem, let's remove it and see what happens. And when I removed it in every area in my life got better, I was like, bingo, I found the problem. So that answers both those questions, how overall health and well-being, and then also, um, how like I recognized that it was probably alcohol because I was doing everything else fine and right. Um, so remove that, and here we are. Next question: Do you limit yourself more socially? No, I don't limit myself socially. I 
definitely maybe limits um, social like groups or settings more so at the beginning, just because like testing the waters of being like, okay, will I be triggered or um, what certain peer groups would maybe give me a harder time or um, I would be more inclined to want to drink and whatnot. So I don't like hide myself. I was just a more aware of um, who I was surrounding myself with at the beginning more so. And then again, spoke on it last episode with being in Costa Rica. I think it just like, I mean, being away in a tropical setting and around people that were drinking, I was, and knowing that it didn't bother me, I was like, I knew I could come back home and be around people that are drinking and still choose not to. And I've already been in those situations as well, being in um, social gatherings and groups where people are drinking and I've just chosen not to um, and been just totally fine. So um, yeah, that answers that question. And uh, what was my turning point? So I kind of touched on it, I guess, a little bit in a lot of my answers. And the turning point just was, I don't feel good in this department, this department, this department, and I got to do something about it because often we'll recognize that we don't feel good because of something, but we don't take action on doing something about it. So I just had to be really stern and really strong with saying like, I got to do something about it period. And just see where it led me. And it's led me just to like, well, this conversation and just so many more amazing things. Um, so yeah, I would say that was the biggest turning point. Just, I just didn't feel good. And I also knew I had to lead by example, not only to my people I love most in my family and who I surround myself with, but just to myself, because I am a leader in the community and in like business. And so I couldn't like hide behind this fake presence anymore of like, I got it all figured out or I'm good, but really I wasn't. Right. So I had to really just take responsibility and ownership on that and do something about it. How does one start is the next question. Well, you just start. <laughs> I simply put it as that. Honestly, it's like, it's the hardest part in anything, just starting, but you just gotta start. Because like I just said, you can say you want to change something or do something, but if you don't actually just do it, you probably won't until you're ready to just start. So I would just say, just start because it's scary and you aren't sure how it's going to go and you might do great for four days and then spiral day five and then think like you're not capable of changing. Well, you are capable of changing, but it has to be consistent especially when you're trying to change or break or replace a habit completely, it takes time. So that's why I knew those three weeks of not having any alcohol in me was going to be a really good foundation for me to reintroduce the alcohol and um, limits my limiting myself. So yeah, you have to 
just start. And again, I'm going to also touch on, like I already did at the beginning is like start, but also have a really strong support group, even if it's one person. And if, again, if you don't have one person, you can reach out to me and I'll be your person because you just need one person, but you, like, you need to do all the work, but having that support or someone to turn to when you're having a hard time or a challenging point, they can either talk you out of it or give you some tips and tricks that they know from experience to help you because it's so easy just to go back to the old habits, right? Because the hard work is hard work and often people don't want to do that, but that's what gets you the results that you want. How do you give, oh, okay. So this kind of goes with this last question is how do you give yourself grace when you slip? Um, just like anything that I do, if I slip, I just put it behind me and move forward because whatever is done is done. And I've just learned so much in the last little while is that if I can't hold on to it anymore because it will get in the way. So I just move forward and what's done is done and either like tomorrow's a new day or uh, the next hour is like, you know, it's like with eating, right? Like, um, I used to be a huge emotional eater. Um, and like, I still can be at times, but I have, I have grown so much from it, but it's like this example. And just with all my athletic training and, um, nutrition that I've done, uh, has really, really, really taught me, but um, it's like the example of, and you can use it with drinking as well, is that even if you slip, so right, like even if I ate three rows of a cookie box, like at like 1 PM, I was like, okay, well, and something I learned over the years, instead of being like, oh, well, I've wasted the whole day now. I may as well eat Big Macs and pizza and everything else until midnight because like the whole day's a write-off. Well, it's not. If I did that, if I ate the cookies at one, at like I can go back to eating things that my body does want it to feel good and to not feel run down or blah and slug and sluggish, right? So it's the same with alcohol. It's just like um you can slip and give yourself some grace and move forward and move on, or like just go go back to the basics of like your foundation point of like, okay. I was doing good example of my weekend, right? I was like, okay, I had a glass of wine on Friday. I had two on Saturday or whatever. I felt good. I was like, now Sunday, I was like, back to my basics, back to what I was doing to feel good with giving myself grace and not feeling guilty at all about those few glasses of wine that I had. Um, I enjoyed them. I felt great. I reflected, I journal, whatever, and move on. So that is that. Um, do you think there's a lot of social stigma around not drinking? Uh, yes and no, because I think yes, out of obvious, there is that social stigma that like you need to drink to fill in the blank or whatever. But I also just really think it comes down to, again, just your social settings and your social groups and peers. Um, actually, there's a lot of social questions that come into play in the next few questions. So I'm going to touch on them a little bit and mention them because... Uh, definitely think there's social stigma around not drinking, but I think it really truly comes down to who you are surrounding yourself with and how they support you no matter what. Um, because the, one of the other questions is how do you balance socially? Oh wait, 
we'll skip that one for now. How do you say no to like more like peer and family pressure? And this one's a sensitive sub- subject as well, but it's like, it goes to that social group and setting is that you, you're entitled to make your own answer no matter what. I've been in those situations where you're like, oh no, I'm not drinking. Right. Or like, or people offer shots and you're like, oh no, I don't want a shot. And they push you and push you and push you until you have that shot or that other drink that you didn't want to have. And then that could be the the root cause of why you feel like crap the next day or why you threw up in your toilet or you had one too many and blacked out or you get in a fight with your spouse or whatever because that peer pressure made you change your mind based off of if you didn't then maybe you would have felt a whole lot different. And that goes with learning your limits too. And just putting your foot down and saying no. And if people push you and push you, push you, I answered this one specifically also in my stories last week. If they push you or don't respect your boundary on why you're choosing not to drink or not to do anything in life, then maybe you need to take a break from that social group or that peer group until they do respect or um, support your boundaries on whatever topic it may be. So definitely just think it is who, who, who you surround yourself with. And if they are pressuring you, how do you handle it? Right? Cause again, I've been in that situation. No, I don't want, I don't want one. Like, no, I don't want, um, shots or whatever. And then, and then I end up doing it because they, they pushed me to do it. I'm like, Oh, okay. I'll not be a party pooper or be the, um, loser in the corner, not drinking. And then next thing you know, I'm like, oh, why did I do that? When I had specifically said no, I wouldn't be in this position. But the only person you do have to put blame on your blame, not blame. The only person that is responsible of actually deciding is you. So that's why you just be like, no. And in fact, you actually don't even owe them an explanation. You can say, no, thank you. And if they keep bugging you, like you can remind them again or just plainly ignore them and move on or remove yourself from the setting or the room or whichever. Um, because yeah, I strongly just think it depends on who you surround yourself with a hundred percent and it goes for anything, right? And how do you balance socially with friends and not overdoing, overdoing it? And so that just comes with learning your limits and, um, also just wanting to, like, again, I spoke last episode, you can still have fun. I repeated this last week, actually. <laughs> you can still have fun and not drink alcohol, right? I have so many friends um, that either don't drink at all and they're almost like the life of the party or they drink very little and are content and have a great time too. So it's just accepting and knowing that you can still have a good time. I think that's what is hard is that social peer pressure or that social social expectation or assumption that you should drink is what needs to be removed from our thought process and vocabulary. Because in reality, at the end of the day, it's just you're in control of what you want to do and how you want to feel and what that looks like. And we can all have fun without being intoxicated. Um, bah, bah, bah. A few questions left and I will wrap this up. Um, I've recently cut out alcohol. Amazing. Congratulations. And I want to give you a air high five um, and really struggle on weekends. What do you drink? 
Um, I drink, an, oh yeah, there's a few questions about this. So yes, we will summarize what I drink. Um, let's go through the list. <laughs> uh, I know water can just be boring and not the same. Um, so one of the biggest things that I started drinking when I was taking, removing alcohol and replacing it with something non-alcoholic was, um, kombucha and bubbly. And I'll often put it in a wine glass to make it look fancy and feel like I'm part of the cool club. (laughs) But kombucha was definitely one of my biggest saving graces. And still to this day, um, I love them. They come in different flavors. They almost like, excuse me, they almost like taste like a carbonated, uh, alcohol beverage just without the, oh, sorry, alcohol. Um, and then depending on like the time of day and uh, environment, I am a big tea drinker. So that always helps just being able to sip on it, especially when if you're in a social group or setting and they're drinking for a long period of time, a tea is great or a hot beverage is just great because it takes you longer to drink. And if you have that and just enjoy it and um, feel good, then that is an easy replacement as well. Um, so those are definitely my big two goes. Uh, I also drink this amazing cocktail that I've make. Um, it's with a few different products that I've been using uh, for the last six years. Um, and it's, um, it's three products and one is like, uh, just like a powdered greens. And so what I do is like, I put water and ice in like a big Mason jar or water bottle. And I scoop my power greens, like just power powdered greens, and what's really cool is it's like a serving of like greens and vegetables. And then I put a scoop of what uh, is a, it's a hydration like powder. So it's just like electrolytes um, and like cane sugar basically. So I put a scoop of that in and then I put like a half scoop or a dash depending on my day and how much I've already had of my um, energized pre-workout that I take in the morning, which is like a natural form of um, caffeinated like enhancement for your workouts. Um I'm addicted to that stuff. So I mix those three together with ice. And not only is it so delicious and refreshing, but it's like a cocktail and I'll put it in a fancy glass sometimes too, but the three greens in it, like the greens and the hydration electrolytes and then the energize gives you a little like excitement in the day and in the environment. So when you're in that social, social gathering where people are drinking and their energy is getting heightened and everything, so is mine. I just feel really freaking good the next day (laughs) on multiple levels. So that's like my go-to. But yeah, those are just some examples. And it's just getting creative with different drinks and ingredients and mixing it up, really. Um, There's tons and tons and tons of ideas that you can find on the internet, too. Um, There's even like non-alcoholic beers, right, or um, wines. I've had a few of them, not beers, because any type of beer. The only closest thing I'd get to beer, and I had it in Costa Rica, and I've been making it at home because this is another amazing idea, is um, like a, what was it, like a ginger beer or something, right? Something like that. Anyways, but what it was and what I've made at home is like kombucha and beet juice, and you mix it together, and it's like amazing and also really good for you. Um, So yeah. Uh, I think we'll come into the final questions. Okay, I checked off that one because I covered it. I covered it. And okay, last question, how to know when it's not fun anymore versus because others are doing it? Um, so maybe I've answered it along the way, but how did I know it was not 
fun anymore and because others are doing it. Uh, so a couple reasons and like I touched on is realizing how I was feeling and it just wasn't fun anymore because like I was just so tired of waking up and feeling like crap. It's just like, that's not fun and not how I want to start my day and not how I want to feel. And it was just like, that's not fun anymore. Like how, how do we change this again? Um, and versus, yeah, because others are doing it. And so what the other piece to this, and so I'm really observant as a person for starters. So what I would start to also do in social gatherings that people that were drinking, I would observe either like not so much why they were drinking. Like that was obvious, like why they were drinking, but, or me, but in more depth, like watching their behaviors or mood changes and being like, that's not fun. It's not fun to be around. I was like, I don't want to feel like that either. So, um, being just like aware of your surroundings and the people, because I also know who submitted this question and, um, I know what your social peer group used to be like too, with, um, with your work and everything as well. So for anyone that's listening to like, sometimes for example, like it's just like what you do with those people, right? Like we drink together. It's what we do, but that doesn't mean that like if someone chooses that they don't want to drink anymore, that they can't hang out with you anymore. Cause that's not fair or nice. Um, so it's just respecting everyone's boundary, but then also being like observe your surrounding area because it's like, you may go to that social group and choose not to drink, but if you're observing the people and then you're like, well, I don't really want to even be around here anyways anymore. You actually might end up removing yourself or realize like that was like an older, old version like of me. And because this happens in life to people all the time, like you just go down different paths of life and that's okay. Okay. Remind everybody it's okay. If that happens, you can still love somebody and have a relationship with them, but you don't have to fall back into those bad habits still just because they are. Um, so it was just recognizing, yeah, like that it wasn't fun anymore uh, for me personally. And just because other people are doing it, it doesn't mean I have to. So truly, 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 um, to summarize and put this episode to an end, uh, I hope that you, uh, got something from my answers and that just always know that you're with anything in life with this subject specifically, cause I know what's attached to it is that your, cho- your choice is your choice. You don't owe anybody a re- an explanation and you need to be the one that takes responsibility of what changes you want or what changes you want to see or feel. And then the biggest thing, which is the hardest thing is that you have to apply it and you have to take action and do something about it. So again, I hope that this helped. I hope that, um, if you got something from it or want to connect more about it, feel free to, um, I loved, loved, loved talking to so many of you who reached out to me personally, who submitted these questions, who told me that they listened to last week's podcast episode and what they thought of it. And please, please, please keep doing that. Please let me know 
what you think of it. You can rate my podcast episode. You can share it on your socials so that this awareness and this topic can get out to others because it is needed and necessary in today's world. And especially if you are a mom or business owner or anybody who is struggling with this subject at all, doesn't matter where you fall on the scale. Um, the word needs to be spread. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for not only supporting me on this journey of my own and your feedback, but also I just want to open the invitation that again, if you don't have that support or you don't know, or you're scared to start, um, either find your people, create it yourself. You can reach out to me and I think this subject might be getting, um, more popular. So I think we'll be talking more about it and, um, just really celebrate all those little wins because the celebrating the wins. And again, that journal piece, if you're wanting to embark this journey of figuring out and learning your limits and moderations with alcohol, um, that was my biggest biggest, biggest, biggest helpful tool was journaling all about it. So again, thank you so much. I hope this helped. I hope you guys got something and I'll talk to you real soon.